The scripture reading for tonight is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The word of the Lord. Don't look back, my brother said to me emphatically out of the right side of his mouth. He put his arm around my shoulder and pulled me close to him as we hurriedly walked down Ventura Boulevard on our way home from school. Why? I asked starting to turn my head to look behind us. Just don't look back, he shout-whispered again, pulling me both in closer to him and forward as he picked up our pace. Mike was older than me. He was old. He was in second grade at Dred Scott Elementary School, and I was a year younger. We were speed-walking now. I could tell Mike was both scared and trying not to show it. And the same way he was trying to remain actually walking while move at the speed of a run. While he was actually trying to whisper so he wouldn't be heard, yet yell to communicate the urgency of his instructions to me. But me, I've always been more curious than obedient more questioning than compliant. I couldn't help but try to turn my head and look back, look behind us, at whatever it was that Mike didn't want me to see. I mean, I trusted him. I'm sure whatever he was doing was right. He was my older brother. I know he protected me. Partly I was never scared because it was his job to be scared. He just took care of me. I wanted to see what was behind us. Finally, I shrugged Mike's arm from around my shoulders, and while I kept pace with Mike, I turned my head enough to see behind us. About half a block away, I saw a girl, a tough-looking girl. I mean, a big, tough girl, maybe like a fifth grader, with her fists clenched at her sides, with a mean look on her face, and that mean look was pointed right at us. She was leaning forward slightly with her hands clenched, her fists clenched, and she was fast walking herself, and she was gaining on us. 
I turned my head back and looked at my brother, more interested than alarmed. I think that girl's following us. She's not, he said. Mike said without turning to look at me. I turned again and looked. She is for sure following us. My eyes met hers briefly, and when they did, she broke into a run. Now I was a little alarmed. She's not following us, Mike. She's chasing us. Mike hurriedly sneaked to look back and then lost all restraint. Fully throated, he yelled, She's not chasing us. Just run. We broke into a run. We didn't look back again until we were in our house with the door bolted. We scanned the street through the slit in the curtains, but we didn't see her. I don't remember if we ever saw her again or who she was or if we knew her or why she was chasing us. I don't remember anything about that. I don't have any idea what that whole thing was all about except I have such a vivid memory of that part. My brother shout whispering, don't look back to me. I can almost feel him pulling me close to him and telling me again, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. It's, it's, a, it's a common phrase in our culture, and it's a great little phrase, a little collection of words. It easily lends itself to the kind of warning Mike was giving me with its three percussive single-syllable words. Don't look back. Satchel Page, the Major League Baseball player from Mobile, Alabama, famously said, don't look back, something might be gaining on you. He played in the Negro Leagues for 20 years before he was allowed in the major leagues. And when he finally did, he was the youngest rookie in baseball, joining the Cleveland Indians at 47. His warning, don't look back, something might be gaining on you, clearly came from experience. But the way he lived his life also illustrates another way that this phrase is very often used. Don't look back is an admonishment, almost an encouragement. Don't look back. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Focus on the goal. No matter how hard it is, don't look back. Don't turn away. Keep your goals in sight. There's no way that Satchel Paige could have made it all those years suffering, fighting through racism and justice to finally play in the major leagues without that incredible focus and that incredible strength. He never wavered. He never looked back. He kept his eyes focused on the prize. He knew what he wanted. He never looked back. And he reached his goal. And no one ever caught up with him. In the gospel reading for today, Jesus says to his disciples, don't look back. In the final verse of today's reading, Jesus says, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Well, what does that mean? Well, let me start at the beginning of this reading. Much is made in the history of interpretation of the first verse of this week's gospel text when it says in Luke, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus sets his face. That is, 
he turns towards Jerusalem. This, for a lot of interpreters of the text, is a key turning point in Luke's gospel. Jesus has been healing and teaching and traveling with his disciples through Galilee. But at this point in Luke's narrative, Jesus decides he knows it's time for him to head to Jerusalem. He'd been out there in the country where he was from, and now he's set his face to Jerusalem and is on the road to Jerusalem. Now, in order to go through Jer- to get to Jerusalem from Galilee, you have to go through Samaria, which uh, the Samarians and the Jews barely tolerate each other, were enemies. But he knows that this is what he must do. So he steals himself. He sets his face towards Jerusalem, focuses like a laser beam, has his eye on the prize, has the eye of the tiger. You know, that, that kind of unwavering resolve is so highly valued in our culture. I mean, look, I can even gather up cliches from everyone from George Bush Sr. to the Civil Rights Movement to a Rocky sequel to illustrate the point. It's the kind of resolve, steely, fiery, that makes up the kind of strong individuals that build great nations like ours. It's the kind of thing like when they said to that young man to set his face for the West, to go there, And he went there, and that's how the West was won. The importance of the direction of one's face is reinforced throughout this gospel reading with examples of the hard work and commitment it will take to follow Jesus' call without turning back. As they were going along the road, the road straight to Jerusalem, no looking back, someone said, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. It's going to be hard, is what he's saying, to follow him. Another disciple said, He said to another disciple, Follow me. But the disciple said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. He's saying that the place we're going, the calling that we are pursuing to proclaim the kingdom of God is going to take sacrifice to do it. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Nothing is more important. Nothing is more important. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The first part of that sentence is something that anyone who's ever plowed a a row knows. Okay, meaning not me or anyone else. Um, But I think. Um, If you want to keep your row straight, you've got to keep your eyes focused at the end of the row. Otherwise, your row drifts. It sways from side to side. Don't look back. Don't look to the side. Look straight ahead, or you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah, you probably notice it's a metaphor that I don't immediately resonate with, the plowing thing. But I'll tell you one thing. This section here and others sort of like it, What I have always heard when I've read it 
Well, in the same way I mentioned maybe earlier that I'm um, more curious than obedient. I'm not a real keeping my head straightforward kind of a guy either. I mean, I put my hand on the plow after, I don't know. I don't know. Someone would have to tell me where to put my hands on the plow first. But after they did, I would, I could, I don't know, take it off. It just seems like all these things are illicit. People are trying to follow Jesus, and he just wants to make it hard for them. But maybe he's just telling them because it is hard. But it seems like some list of things of ways you could be bad. You know, you don't have what it takes to follow Jesus because you're not going to, you know, you want a place to sleep. Yeah, you don't want to come with me because you want to go bury your dead, you know. No, yeah, no, you want to go say farewell. You're not, you don't have the right stuff. You're not focused like a laser beam. You're not, you're not looking straight ahead. You're trying to look back any chance you get. And if you look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. This text seems sort of crazy to me. So I thought, clearly, the rabbis must have said something about a text similar to this in the Hebrew Bible somewhere. Turns out a lot of places. But one story in particular, I thought, was, makes this even crazier. Elijah comes to call his protege, Elisha, the new prophet. And Elisha, guess what, is plowing. He's plowing, and Elijah calls to him and says, come so we can proclaim and join me, and you'll be the prophet, and we'll proclaim the kingdom of God. And Elisha says, great, first can I go back and say goodbye to my parents? And Elijah says, yeah, sure, why not? He goes back, kills the oxen he's plowing with. I mean, he didn't just look back. He just stopped altogether. And then they all ate the oxen. I don't know what insight this gives to this text right here, but I just thought it was kind of weird and kind of curious. You got to look back. You can't look back. Steadfast. Have a goal. Stick to the goal. You know. And which is I'm. I, this is what I do. That's why I'm so buff. I. You know. I, I make an exercise regime and I just like focus on it and I don't turn away and I just like yeah. No wavering. The kingdom of God, proclaiming the kingdom of God is very important because we learn all through this gospel that Jesus comes, and even right before this, says that the, um, proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, and that kingdom of God, that the law of the kingdom of God is love. This is what we are called to come and proclaim, this kingdom of love. Nothing is more important. No wavering. This whole text is set out to tell you this. Except there's just a little bit of wavering in it. And Jesus is the waverer here. Right in the middle of this text. 
he sends them out to the Samaritan village. And that's kind of their enemies. They don't want anybody who's going to travel through uh, their Samaritan village to go to Jerusalem. They won't let them. So they rebuke them. They say, no, you can't come through here. And the disciples, James and John, they know. They're good Americans. They say, no, we are not going to waver. We're going to go through this village. We're headed to Jerusalem. We're not going to look back. We're not going to look right. We're not going to look left. And if they don't want us here, Jesus, you want us to call down fire from the heaven and wipe them all out, blow them all up? I mean, if they get in our way, blow them to hell. Right, Jesus? The text says, Jesus turns his head. He set it towards Jerusalem, but then with these yahoos are going to blow everything up, he turns his head. And he rebukes them. We don't know exactly what he said. He rebukes them. Then not only does he rebuke them, they go another way. They don't try to fight their way through the Samaritan village. He set his face towards Jerusalem, but... He can go around if it's going to cause problems. I guess Jesus doesn't want to leave in his path a a fiery trail of destruction. Because he is primarily, most importantly, focused on proclaiming the kingdom of God. Which is a kingdom of love which, when proclaimed and lived out, it sounds like mercy. And maybe the hard thing, the reason there's no place to stay, the reason you can't really don't have time to say goodbye, because when you are encountering people who are your enemies, who you do not agree with, who does do not agree with you, don't like you, are doing things that seem horrendous, You have got to follow that path that Jesus takes. And it curves. It goes around. It forgives. It doesn't insist on its own way, and it's not going to steamroll through anything to get to Jerusalem. Jesus' path to the proclamation of the kingdom of God is curvy, it's wavy, it's indirect. It goes over and under and around across other people's paths, through other people's lives. It doesn't judge and it doesn't blow things up. Jesus looks away. He is not fit for the kingdom of God. It says so right here. And then he looks away. Jesus is not fit for the kingdom of God. And neither are we. But that curvy path still ends up there. That curvy path maybe almost might even be where the kingdom of God is.